Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Ben. My girlfriend isn't happy with me all the time, but there's nothing I can do about it. Alice is always telling me that I don't pay enough attention to her, but it's not as easy as it sounds. I have to do this. It's hard to lead a double life. I've been going out with my girlfriend for a year now. She is very beautiful, accustomed to the attention of guys, wants to be worshipped. I'm just a regular guy, and that's why I've often thought that I'm not good enough for her. Besides, Alice has a rich father who fulfills all her whims and desires. Sometimes I even wonder why she chose me. Recently, she started nagging me again. We were supposed to meet yesterday, and you were busy again. Yesterday, Chris told me we were going to have a surprise anatomy midterm. I had to get ready and learn the formulas. When Alice gets offended, she always pouts her lips so funny. I love her, so I ignore the fact that she sometimes gets mad at me. Especially since I realise she could have picked someone better than me. In fact, I'm in the fidelity check business. I set up fake accounts on social media, and those who want to test their other half contact me. I start a conversation with them, and because of the pretty pictures, many people fall for it. For these checks, I take money. While I study at university, this is my main income. After receiving an order, I have to correspond with different people and that takes a lot of time and effort. But Alice doesn't know that. I don't think she would like it. In fact, that's how I met her, and now my secret is gnawing away at me. One day, I was approached by a guy. He wrote and asked to know if his girlfriend had another young man. I charged him and started communicating. From the avatar of the account, a very beautiful girl was looking at me. With those bottomless blue eyes, I liked her immediately. But I'm not used to mixing work and personal life. As I chatted with Alice, I realized that I liked her a lot. I wanted to date her, woo her, and spend time together. I found out she didn't have a boyfriend right now, so I started texting her from my page, but I couldn't admit that I was checking her out at her boyfriend's request. You're a very beautiful girl, also from a good family. How come you don't have a boyfriend? I was still trying to get her to come clean. Who was the one who approached me for the services? I used to date a guy from uni, but he got so annoying. He was boring. 
So I decided to break up with him. I understand. And for how long? Just about six months ago. But he still can't let me get away. Stuck to me like a tick. His pathological jealousy drives me crazy. That's when it all made sense to me who this guy was. Then I thought it was a good thing she didn't know what my part-time job was. My job was taking up a lot of time. And to be with my girlfriend, I needed the money. Going to the movies, taking her out to dinner and gifts weren't cheap. I started working more, but I didn't pay much attention to Alice. We began to drift apart somehow. One evening, I still decided to meet with her and asked her out, but I was in for a surprise. That night, my girlfriend broke up with me. Oh my God, what did I do wrong? I had no choice but to start checking on my own, already former girlfriend. After waiting a while, I started writing to her on behalf of the fake. At first, Alice declined my requests, but I was persistent. And then she responded to me. Hi, let's get acquainted. Hi, you're very stubborn. I'm sorry, but I don't want to get acquainted. Oh, you probably have a boyfriend, right? Yeah, and he is very jealous. Bye. I realised that my world was falling apart. I mean, we had just broken up, and she already had a boyfriend. She was disgusting. I couldn't believe I'd been so wrong about someone. But I needed to know who he was. And for that, I suggested that she just hung out with him as friends. Alice was fine with that. In the meantime, I was already plotting my revenge. I imagined that I would start dating the prettiest girl at uni, and if I met her randomly, I would show Alice how great we were. Then I imagined that she would introduce me to her boyfriend, and I would beat him up. I couldn't find my place. And then one day Alice texted me, or rather her fake account, that she wasn't in the mood and wanted to talk, and I was just waiting for that. We started texting. That's when I realised. I recently broke up with my boyfriend. I feel so bad. I'm sorry to write you this, but I need someone to talk to. You know, Ben was so good. He was probably the most wonderful person in my life. When I heard my name, I just fell into a stupor. I mean, when she said she had a boyfriend, she meant me, and I was such a fool. I started accusing her of all these deadly sins. I so wanted to reveal myself and tell her everything and ask her to be with me, but I turned out to be a liar who also wanted revenge. I was horrible. I didn't even know what to say to her. I want to see him so much, but I'm the one who left him. How am I going to ask to see him now? I miss Ben. Even though he was the most ordinary guy, I fell in love with him. I didn't need him to be rich or a supermodel. To me, he was the most handsome. Tears came to my eyes. How stupid I'd been. I kept telling myself that I was not handsome enough for her, not enough money, and that I can't offer her anything. I'm just a student. But she opened my eyes. I did not want to understand that she loves me just for who I am. She didn't want more than that. She just wanted to be with me more often. The next day, I deleted all my work pages. I ran out of the house in the morning, brought a huge bouquet of flowers, and headed for Alice's house. I was flying on the wings of love, thinking that I could finally hold her in my arms. But when I arrived at her house, I was told that half an hour ago, she had left for the airport with her father. They were leaving for another country where Alice would be staying to study. My eyes went so dark, and it was hard to breathe. I realised I couldn't just let her go, not like this. I have to stop her. I jumped into a passing cab and asked for a quick ride to the airport. The fear that I wouldn't make it was like a cold chain. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I ran into the building and started looking for Alice with my eyes, amongst the passengers. The flight was boarding and I was standing in the middle of the lounge with a shabby bouquet of roses, out of breath and dishevelled. Then I felt a hand on my shoulder, the same small gentle hand I rarely held. I turned around and saw her. My girlfriend's eyes were wet with tears. I couldn't contain my emotions. I'm sorry, I was a fool, I love you, I want you to stay with me. I thought you just didn't need me, you were always so busy, you didn't have time for me. I need you, it's just that I was moonlighting, but I was too embarrassed to tell you about it. 
I never wanted to break up with you. And I didn't want to either. Alice's father flew on his own to take care of business matters. So we went home. We spent the whole weekend together and I told her about my job. At first, Alice pouted, but then she hugged me and said it was for the best because that's how we found each other and fell in love. So there I was, minding my own business, cleaning the floors when Mr. Fancy Suit walked by and sneered at me. A janitor, huh? Is that the best you could do with your life? I smirked and replied, Well, at least I'm not leaving messes for others to clean up. His words would fuel my journey to show them all just how wrong they were about me. Get ready, because this janitor is about to clean up. And I don't just mean the floors. It all started when I was working at this fancy bank, mopping the floors like it was nobody's business. The bank owner, Mr. Arrogant, approached me with a snobbish grin and said, It must be so sad, being uneducated and having to settle for a job like this. I clenched my teeth and replied, Well, at least I'm not a pompous jerk. But inside, I was fuming. You see, what Mr. Arrogant didn't know was that I had a brilliant mind, and I wasn't going to let his snide comments go unanswered. So, I did what any self-respecting janitor with a vendetta would do. I planned a heist. And boy, was it a good one. With a little bit of research and a lot of hard work, I managed to break into the bank owner's vault, emptying it of its riches without leaving a single trace. And just like that, the smug bank owner got a taste of his own medicine. Who's uneducated now, huh? After successfully robbing the bank, I was enjoying my new wealth when Miss Fake It Till You Make It, a beauty influencer, decided to ridicule me for being a janitor. Her words stung, but it only fueled my desire to prove her wrong. So, I used some of my newfound fortune to create an eco-friendly, honest brand. And guess what? It exploded in popularity, making me even more famous than her. When she tried to score a sponsorship deal with my company, I just smirked. Sorry, we only work with genuine people. The satisfaction was indescribable. Life took a wild turn after that. Suddenly, I was living the high life, surrounded by gorgeous supermodels, attending VIP events, and spending a hundred thousand in a single night without even breaking a sweat. It was a far cry from my janitor days, and I couldn't help but enjoy the sweet taste of success. It's amazing how quickly things can change when you show those snobs who's boss. So this rich dude comes up to me, not realizing I was just dressed as a janitor for fun, missing my old simple lifestyle. He says, hey, janitor boy, I bet you don't even know how to play poker. Tell you what, you can keep my house and my girlfriend, but if you lose, they're mine. I couldn't help but smirk at his arrogance. As we sat down to play, he kept trash talking me, saying things like, you really think you stand a chance against me? I played poker with celebrities and you're just a janitor. I just smiled and replied, well, you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. We played through the night, and just when he thought he had me cornered, I revealed my winning hand. His jaw dropped and I couldn't help but chuckle. Looks like I just cleaned up, I said with a grin. Instead of taking his money, I decided to take his girlfriend. She rolled her eyes at him and said, I always knew you were a lousy poker player. I'm happy to leave you for someone who knows how to play the game and how to treat people right. As we walked away, I revealed my true identity, leaving the rich guy stunned and humiliated. There I was, wearing my janitor outfit for a charity event I organized, when I found a rich developer who planned to demolish my parents' house to build luxury homes. No way was I letting that happen. I pulled some strings, got involved with the decision-making process, 
and confronted the developer at a packed city council meeting. My parents' house is more than just a building. It's a home filled with memories and love. I told him, my voice loud and clear. The room went silent, and the developer stared at me, baffled. Who are you? He asked. Grinning, I replied, just a janitor with a heart of gold. I turned to the crowd, my voice full of passion. Who here has a home they love? Who here has memories they cherish? Hands shot up all over the room. We can't let this developer take away what makes our city special. Our homes, our community, our memories. The crowd erupted in applause, and people began sharing their stories of love, family, and the homes they held dear. The developer, realizing he was losing the battle, tried to argue his case. Think of the jobs, the economic boost, he shouted. I raised my hand to silence him. We can create jobs without sacrificing our homes and our past. We can build a better future together without forgetting where we come from. The entire city stood behind me, and the developer had no choice but to back down. Money isn't everything. Sometimes, even a janitor can save the day. One day, I was dining at a fancy restaurant with my gold digger crush, who didn't know about my newfound wealth. I decided to wear my old janitor uniform to see her reaction. As expected, she was all about the glamour, loudly shaming me for not affording the most expensive items on the menu. I played along, pretending to be hurt by her words. But the next day, I pulled up to her place in a brand new luxury car, dressed to the nines. She couldn't believe her eyes. Hey, remember when you shamed me for not affording the most expensive stuff at the restaurant? I asked, smirking. Well, guess who just made a fortune? Her jaw dropped, and she stammered. You? But, but how? I laughed. <laughs> Turns out even a janitor can strike it rich. As I drove away, I could see the regret in her eyes. Little did she know she'd missed out on a fantastic life with a guy who knew the true value of hard work and love. Karma had spoken, and I was loving every minute of it. One day, I was invited to a costume party at my friend's luxurious mansion. The theme was humble beginnings, where the attendees were supposed to dress up as someone from their past or a profession they'd done before. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to remind myself of where I came from. So I decided to dress up as a janitor, my old job. As I was helping clean up a spilled drink at the party, a group of spoiled party girls walked by, laughing and pointing at me. Look at this loser, pretending to be a janitor, one of them taunted. Ew, and what's with that cheap outfit, another added. I rolled my eyes and decided to have some fun with them. This cheap outfit you're making fun of is actually a limited edition designer shirt, I said smirking. They didn't believe me. So I challenged them to tear it off and see for themselves. As they reluctantly tugged at my shirt, they couldn't help but gasp at my toned abs. Wow, he's hot! One of them whispered to her friend, and when they saw the designer label, their faces turned red with embarrassment. This is worth thousands of dollars! One of them exclaimed. With a sly grin, I put my shirt back on and continued enjoying the party, leaving the girls in awe, their shallow judgments backfiring on them. They just learned a valuable lesson. Never judge a book by its cover, and always be aware of the context behind people's actions. You won't believe this other crazy thing that happened to me. So, I was at this wild party, and the host suddenly announces a bizarre challenge, sharing an enormous t-shirt with someone for 24 hours, and who do I get paired with? My crush! We wriggled into the t-shirt, feeling all kinds of awkward. Well, this is one way to break the ice, I joked. She giggled, and our initial awkwardness started to fade. We had some of the funniest moments of our lives that day. Picture this. We were trying to squeeze through a doorway and got stuck right in the middle. 
Maybe if we twist like pretzels, we'll make it, she suggested, as we began wiggling through the tight space. Or we could just moonwalk our way out, I quipped, and we both burst into laughter. Despite the sticky situations, the 24-hour t-shirt challenge turned out to be a blast. It actually brought us closer than ever, transforming a potentially cringeworthy experience into a hilarious, unforgettable memory. One day, I was walking around in my favorite vintage jacket when a group of girls started to make fun of it. Hey, nice jacket! Did you find it in the trash? They sneered. I shrugged off their comments, but before I could walk away, a stylish woman approached me. Oh my god! That jacket is to die for! I've been looking for one like this forever! She gushed. I'll give you $2,500 for it right now! The girls' jaws dropped, and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. I smirked, handing over the jacket, and walked away with a fat stack of cash. Another time, this gold digger I knew turned me down for a date just because my t-shirt had a tiny hole in it. Little did she know, it was a limited edition designer t-shirt worth $10,000. After I'd made the fortune and starting living the high life, she came crawling back full of regret. Oh, I didn't know you were so successful now. Maybe we could give it another shot, she suggested, but I just shook my head and smiled. Sorry, I only date people who appreciate me for who I am, not just my bank account. So, thanks, but no thanks. I walked away, leaving her to wallow in her shallow choices. Sweet, sweet karma. As the years went by, I continued to embrace my newfound success while staying true to my roots. I never forgot the lessons I learned from my humble beginnings as a janitor, and I always made sure to treat others with kindness and respect, regardless of their social status. One day, I decided to host a grand charity event, inviting all the people I had encountered on my journey, the rich and the poor, the influential and the humble, and even those who had once mocked or underestimated me. As the event unfolded, I took the stage and addressed the crowd. Tonight, we celebrate not just my personal success, but the power of resilience and the human spirit. It's not about how much money you have or the designer clothes you wear. It's about the person you choose to be and the impact you have on others. The applause was deafening, and I could see the faces of those who had once belittled me, now filled with respect and admiration. That night, we raised a significant amount of money for charity, giving back to the community and helping those in need. As I looked around the room, I realized that I had achieved the most satisfying ending to my journey. I had not only overcome my own obstacles and found success, but I had also used my influence to make a real difference in the world. And that, my friends, is is what true success and happiness are all about. I hate it when people tell me I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, especially when they don't know how awful my parents were to me. My name is Coda, and from the very start of my life, they made it their mission to make me feel like my birth didn't matter. I never had a birthday, never celebrated one, because they never told me when I was born and how old I was. The one thing they did for me was giving me a king's education, I had the best tutors in the world, the most private education. I had teachers and professors give me private classes in my own home. I was isolated from the world, but I also became a genius. But even though my mind was sharp as a needle, I gravitated towards the arts. I was a creative at heart, and the one thing I loved doing the most was singing. By age six, I was already singing classical pieces that even grown adults found intimidating to perform, and I did it all in the privacy of our attic. My most profound talent became my biggest secret. Because if my parents found out, I knew they would do all they could to stop me from singing. 
I used my intelligence to study music on my own. And whenever my parents would go on holidays, I would sneak music teachers into our house, and I would have them teach me everything they knew. The best voice coaches in the world came to teach me in secret. I was always alone. Not going to regular schools like everybody else made me lonely. I didn't have the chance to meet friends. And that sadness, I channeled it all into music. One day, while I was doing my vocal warm-ups, my mom heard me. She dragged me to my dad without a word. Then, she told on me. Your son... has been singing. Singing? What are you, some commoner? We hire people for entertainment, boy. We're not the ones who step so low as to be the entertainment. You will stop this nonsense now, or you'll be cut off of the will. I suggest you focus your efforts on becoming the best businessman you can be. After all, you will have to run the company when we retire. I had no choice. No one to turn to. I grew up shy and socially awkward. And I was weak. I did everything my parents told me to because I never had the guts to fight back. I stopped singing for a while, but when I was really down, I would still do it. It was the only thing that cheered me up. It was on the day that our mansion was being renovated that I met her. The noise from the workers was so loud that I decided to put my earbuds on to drown them out. But without noticing, I had started singing along at the top of my lungs. Suddenly, my mom slapped me. Shut that mouth of yours! Can't you hear we have company? Butler, get the door! And when the doors opened, I saw the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. She flipped her hair and said hello to my parents. I'm so sorry. I was walking my dog down the street when I heard the most beautiful voice coming from your house. May I ask who was singing? No one! No one here sings! How dare you accuse us of doing such disgusting things! Oh, uh, it's just... I'm also a singer, and uh, perhaps it was your son. Nonsense! Butler, get this trespasser off my property! I was 16 when I finally found out my real birthday. I bribed one of the doctors who was working in the hospital I was born at. So I wanted to throw a party. And I wanted to celebrate it by sharing the songs I wrote to the world. I was ready to show the world who I really was. But then, my parents shut down my plans saying I was not worthy of celebrating my own birthday. They told me that only when I ascended through our company and became worthy of being CEO will I be able to do whatever I wanted for my special day. I was so depressed I ran out of the house and got lost in the maze in the garden. It was then that I heard a beautiful voice like a mermaid's, and like a sailor lost at sea I followed the siren's call, until I emerged from the maze and saw her on the other side of our walls, singing as she played her guitar. Hey, I was waiting for you. you you're that girl. From before. Yeah, and I've come back for you. Your parents stifle your true talent. You should come with me. She climbed up the wall and offered me her hand to take. And I was in love at first sight. She was offering me freedom. And I took it. I ran away with Ari after she learned what a bad life I had. She hid me in her recording company's studio so that my parents wouldn't be able to find me. That was when I found out that Ari was a rich recording artist. 
Ari fed me, clothed me, hid me, and hired bodyguards for me. I felt really safe going out after that, knowing that my parents could never take me back by force. I worked at the studios, writing and recording late at night when nobody was there. I wrote lots of amazing songs, and after six months of living there, I was able to complete an entire album that I knew would be a hit. Only one day, I woke up and all my work was gone. I panicked. I ran around the whole place, and then, while I was rummaging around the trash in case someone had thrown my stuff away, I heard something coming from the music producers. It was my song, and Ari and her producer were laughing and toasting something. You... You stole my songs! <laughs> what did you think? You were just gonna live on my dime for free? It's just business, kid. Just how the industry works. Luckily, your voice sounds a bit like a girl's and close enough to Ari's, so we can sell all your work as if she's the one who wrote and sang them. I... I'll get you for this. Not before I get my money's worth first. Ari and her producer locked me up in one of the studios, and they locked me in there with four bodyguards. I was in there for three days, and I didn't know what to do. Until I got a brilliant idea. I pretended to see my parents outside. I acted my heart out. Help! You have to stop them, or they'll try to steal me! And the bodyguards believed me. They ran out of the room to chase after what they thought were my parents. What they didn't know was that because I spent all my time in the studios, I knew exactly what the layout of the building was. It took no more than two seconds to get up onto the vents. I crawled quietly, and then, as I heard the commotion of them looking for me, I dropped out of the alleyway. I ran away for the second time in my life. But this time, I didn't feel free. I just felt like a massive loser for letting the girl I loved steal my life's work. I lived in the streets for weeks. My only comfort was my new friend, Sam. She was homeless too, and she helped me a lot. I didn't know how to survive, so I bust in the sidewalks, the parks, and the train subway stations. My talent was finally working for me. I earned a bunch of money. I saved it all up, thinking I could maybe get enough to be able to rent a small room until I got back on my feet. But one morning, as I woke up in the park bench that Sam and I slept on, I saw that everything I owned had been stolen. Even Sam's stuff was gone too. I was left with nothing but the jacket I had on. I was so mad that I got stolen from again, and it reminded me of Ari, that I threw the jacket she bought me on the day she helped me escape my parents' house. But as I fell to the ground, I noticed a piece of paper sticking out from the secret pocket. I opened it up and saw that it was an old song I wrote. It was the birthday song I wrote when I was depressed on my 16th birthday. It was the last remaining song that Ari wasn't able to steal. I was about to cry. Instead, I stood up and stood on a small stage. I sang that song with all my heart. Even when tears began flowing down my cheeks. For the first time in a very long time, I put all my emotions into my music. Then one person came to watch. Then two. And then suddenly there was a crowd around me. People were taking videos, many of them were crying too. I got so many tips that day. But more than that, I felt so happy that my music was able to reach people. My song about my life touched people's emotions. I was so proud. The next morning, I was woken by a guy in a suit. He was a reporter, and behind him were ten more reporters from all the different networks. I had gone viral. I was on TikTok, 
YouTube, every single social media was blowing up with my singing. I gave interviews, and in them, I told everyone of my story, and how Ari stole my songs. Her career and the producer's career was over after that. I got signed by a pretty big recording company. I went on tour, and then I married Sam. I rescued her from the streets and took her wherever my tours took me. One day, during my anniversary concert, I saw my parents in the crowd far away. It was my birthday, and people were singing happy birthday for me. My parents hated that. I could see it in their faces. But having that happen while they were in the crowd was so satisfying, because they always made me feel like my birth never mattered. But now, thousands of people were celebrating my existence. I thanked my fans, I kissed my wife, and then I jumped into the crowd as I smiled in triumph. Sometimes, I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well, and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now, I'm alone, penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home, and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then, she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. 
I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense in martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. The guy tossed a bunch of coins at my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then, I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I, I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy, that's Drake Nathans. Dude. Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiancé. Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. 
She had no desire to marry Kieran, especially because when they were young, Kieran told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them, and I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess. I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me. And for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head. She was in love with me too. See? You can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so we didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades, and she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all. Ran, ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and then I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiance? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her. And as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us, we kissed. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.